What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. Beatty, what's up, man? Nothing, man. About to enjoy these preseason games coming on tonight. Week two, you know, yeah. Raiders are on prime time against my local Arizona Cardinals. So, watching Kyler Murray in action. Uh, anything you're looking forward to in particular? I mean, I've been trying to get into hard knocks, man. I just really can't get into hard knocks. I'm interested to see how Kyler Murray looks. I'm hoping he plays a whole half. Other than that, man, I'm not super excited about it. Um, the Arizona is kind of kind of a weird team. You know, they got all the excitement. They drafted a bunch of receivers. Um, they have Kyler Murray, the number one pick, but they still have a bad offensive line. And I'm just not sure that team's going to be that much better this year. It takes like a year for quarterbacks to get good, at least. So I don't really think this team is going to be that exciting. The Raiders has John Gruden, who's great at saying a whole bunch of nothing. <laughs> but, I mean, that's entertaining. But for a preseason two game, I guess you got the number one pick in the draft, number two pick in the draft going against each other. So that should be exciting, at least. Who's number two pick in the draft again? Oh shit! Never mind. I'm thinking about fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, that's hilarious. Is, my head is in a whole nother place. <laughs> I'm thinking about our dynasty fantasy league. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You had me figure. I was like, damn. I know we had three picks, but who do, who did we get that high? No, no. I was thinking about we took Josh Cleveland Farrell at two. I was about to be mad as hell. <laughs> yeah, uh, but. Yeah, but I'm gonna watch it though, man. They didn't. They they kind of highlighted the game where you kind you have to watch it. They don't got any other as opposed to last Thursday. They had several games going on. This Thursday they only have that game on ESPN and everything else is blocked off. They're doing like a Monday Night Football thing. Don't oh, love is that it. Right? Yeah, there's nothing else on. They're doing the. I'm hoping that they do the NFL game live on uh, NFL Network, kind of like the. Um, Red Zone Channel, because that's what they did last week. Whenever the Jets and Giants got rained out, rained out they did it kind of like the Red Zone Channel. So I'm hoping that's what they do. But knowing the NFL, they're not going to do that. No, probably not. <laughs> they're very greedy like that. So, you know, it's funny because I've never really been into Hard Knocks. And um, even, yeah, I've watched both episodes. And I'm still not, like, super into it, even though it is my team. But I can 100% say that if it were not my team, the, or the team that I root for, I would still not care one bit about uh, about Hard Knocks. I, for some reason, I just I don't really care like that. I, and I, I don't know if that makes me a bad fan, but I mean, it's, I guess it's entertaining. But I've never watched a full season of Hard Knocks. I mean, I do care like that, and I've tried to watch it a couple times. I got into it last year, but it, it really just doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't really. I mean, besides for last year watching Baker Mayfield, everyone else that they kind of highlight, they just highlight dudes that probably won't make the team or you'll never see. I mean, the most interesting thing about it is like watching American Idol to see who gets cut, trying to think if they should get cut or not. But most of those dudes that you saw that was the most entertaining personalities on the show either don't make the team or they get cut later on in the season. I'm willing to say like most of the dudes that they broadcast last year on Hard Knocks either got cut before the season started or they got cut during the season so i just don't see why why i'm watching it now i do like the i do like the game aspect of it 
but I'm not really into the preseason unless it's my team. So, like, if the Eagles were on it, I'll watch it because it's some in-depth stuff about what happened after the game. You get to see some insight there. So, like, as a Raiders fan, you'll probably like it more after the preseason game because after you see the preseason game, then you're going to see how the players react to their performances on the preseason game. That's probably the most entertaining part of the Hard Knocks to me. And I will say, it looks like everyone that, that they focused on in the first two episodes to this point, I mean, they're going to make the team. It's all, I mean, this week, of course, was Antonio Brown, which is a saga that we'll, we'll touch on. And uh, But Jonathan Abrams is going to make the team. They haven't shown Josh Jacobs once. Uh, Max Crosby will make the team. Hunter Renfro will make the team. So they, they really haven't touched on a bunch of fringe rookies yet, but it's been only, you know, one preseason game. So... We'll see how that goes. Um, but, but that's kind of the thing. They You don't know who they're going to touch on cause, because because it's TV. They're trying to get the most entertaining individuals. That could be somebody that's going to get cut. Or, I mean, on the Raiders team, you got Antonio Brown. Of course you're going to follow Antonio Brown because you never know. He's entertaining. You know what I mean? He can carry the show. Uh, but that's kind of – and then you got that cornerback I've been hearing about. I hadn't watched it, but apparently the cornerback's entertaining. So they fire those dudes that can carry the show. They have a lot more footage but they only show the guys that are really entertaining because it's for TV. You still got to entertain. So let's talk about Antonio Brown because I don't think we got to last week. So he has a <laughs> severe frostbite on his feet. Uh, Weirdest that, injury ever. Yeah, and by all accounts, it's healing, and he'll be ready for week one. Um, and then looked like he threatened to retire over not being able to wear his 10-year-old helmet, um, which everyone – thought he was just being a massive asshole and being Antonio Brown and then Tom Brady came out and said no it's actually a big deal because um I had this issue last year and I really wanted to wear my helmet so um what do you make of all this and and is Antonio Brown a a guy that you would want on your team no I don't like Antonio Brown for a whole different reason though it's just perception I don't know the dude but over the summer like I I was usually nonchalant about and um, Antonio Brown, but then over the offseason when he was complaining about Pittsburgh and stuff, and then they were doing, I guess it was the end of last season, not even offseason, um, and they were showing him back in his hometown and, like, all his uncle and his family were in, like, shotgun houses looking, but he's in, like, this 100-acre mansion, and I just feel some type of way about that dude, but that's neither here nor there. I wouldn't want Antonio Brown on my team because he's a distraction. I don't want any receiver that you have to force-feed the ball to. And as much as Ben Roethlisberger passed the ball and passed the ball around, Antonio Brown was still unhappy. I remember last season when we were doing this show, we were trying to figure out why he was unhappy because he had, like, the most targets in the NFL, and it wasn't even close. I mean, it was, like, by, like, 20 targets. And he was upset and getting mad. I don't want any receiver like that because I don't want any receiver you have to force feed the ball to. Now, he may be different on the Raiders. I don't think he will be. But I just don't want a player like that on my team. Yeah. But one thing I will say is the Raiders, if you think about it, they didn't really give up a ton for him. So, you know, you know, now they're paying him a lot of money, which, you know, but that's that's just part of doing business in the NFL. But it's not like they gave up a ton. I mean, last year they gave up a third-round pick for, uh, oh, boy, what's his name, Martavius Bryant. This year they just gave up a third and a fifth, like, who cares if they end up having to cut him at some point? I mean, it won't be this year. You can't. That that would be that would be absolutely asinine. But 
I can't. I mean, two years. But he down can the destroy road. your team from the inside, though. That's the thing. It's not really about the money or the contract or any of that. It's the discontent that he can put in your team. The Steelers are a pretty strong organization, so they were able to withstand some of that stuff. I just don't know if he really goes into Antonio Brown mode and starts talking. It's kind of like T.O. If he really starts going, you know, talking about the quarterback and, you know, really getting on him, can you really withstand that? I mean, when he was – when T.O. was with the Eagles and he was with the 49ers, you saw he the organization wasn't behind the quarterback enough for them to withstand that. But then when he get to the Cowboys, they were really behind Tony Romo, so he couldn't do the same thing. So it's really going to fall how – how much is the organization with Derek Carr? Because there's a possibility that that dude could start, you know, really making it hell for a player like Derek Carr. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I think the T.O. thing is a good comparison, and um, we'll see. Hopefully it doesn't turn out that way. Uh, and what's funny, though, is I actually really did like T.O. a lot. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, I didn't care for any of his off the field stuff, but on the field he was he was a monster, man. I loved watching him play, and he 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 cared. He played the game the right way. I mean, he was a physical receiver who would go down and block. Uh, you know, superstar receivers aren't really known for that, but T.O. was. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm he's a passionate dude, but I just I don't like receivers that think they're supposed to have the ball every play because if you have a good quarterback. Then your receiver, I mean, as good as your receiver is, he's only supposed to get like, you know, five to seven receptions in a good offense. You shouldn't be pat. I don't think dudes that get the ball 12 times a game are on winning teams. I mean, that's just me. Can you think of any dude that gets the ball like 12 receptions every game that's a good team? Yeah, Julio Jones <laughs> in, in Atlanta, uh, DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. But Houston, is Houston really a good team, though? I mean, they make the playoffs every yeah, year. Yeah, but they're they, in, like, they one of the worst divisions. divisions in the NFL you, for, you like, can, a long you can, time. You can figure out a way to, to poke holes in it all you want to, but the results are the results, you know. I mean, you could say the same for Devontae Adams last I year. I think Houston episode. was, what, 9-7 and seven for, like, the past three or four years? I think they were 10-6 and six and 11-5 and five the year before that. I mean, they've, they've had some playoff seasons. They got lucky in, you know, in 2016, I think they were 11-5 and five and um they played the Raiders when Derek Carr broke his leg, um, but they made they made the playoffs the year after that, winning ten games. I think they did win nine or ten last year. Um, I mean, but you, you know, you and I have been kind of talking about this forever. I don't necessarily believe in um, paying, you know, superstar receivers, superstar running backs because those aren't proven to help your teams win Super Bowls. But they'll get you to the playoffs, um, you know, and that's fine. And I think that there, there are, there's always going to be those guys that you have to account for. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that the elite receivers are elite for a reason. And, and you know, five receptions a game probably isn't going to get it done. But, yeah, most of them are catching 10 to 12 balls a game. So, uh, so are, you happy, a, are you happy with having Antonio Brown on the Raiders? We'll see. Um, you know, I haven't <laughs> liked the way that this preseason – this offseason is gone in particular when it comes to Antonio Brown but overall I'm, I'm enjoying the Raiders offseason as a whole um, I don't think it was a terrible trade for him I think that they turned you know Khalil Mack and Antonio Brown Tyrell Williams and LaMarcus Joyner plus three solid draft picks or and it seems like you know really it seems like they drafted really well but we'll, we'll see on the field um, but yeah Antonio Brown when he's on the field he's productive and you know, if that continues, then I'm I'm cool with it. But um, yeah, it's definitely a, a distraction these, I'd rather not have. 
Yeah, a lot of these draft picks trades, you got to let it, you know, kind of sit for two or three years to figure out if it actually worked. Because, um, I mean, some draft analysts believe that Mike Mayock may have reached uh, a little bit. Some believe that, you know, he got a talent. I think he probably reached a little bit, especially in the top ten. But we shall see. Uh, with Antonio Brown's helmet thing, I'm, I don't really want to comment on that because I don't really know too much, like, because they said that the helmet is not safe. That's why it, it didn't pass safety protocols for this year. So if it's a safety issue and they're trying to keep players safer, then I kind of agree with the NFL. I, I don't really know. You know what I'm saying? I don't really know all the ins and outs about these players wanting these particular helmets for comfort or whatever. But if it's a safety issue and you're trying to keep them from head injuries, I haven't really seen the NFL be serious about doing that. So I'm wondering if it's, I mean, you know, you never know with the NFL. It could be like an apparel deal, you know, a, a supplier that they cancel people. It may not have anything to do with safety at all. So it's kind of hard to judge because the NFL is going to tell you one thing, but that ne- don't, doesn't necessarily mean that's what it is. I agree. Um, so we'll come, I mean, you know, the, the whole thing about him threatening to retire was, was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and we I got a question for you. Happen. I got a question for you. Let's hear it. Would you play pay Dak Prescott forty million dollars a year? I would not. I would not. Um, Why? Because I don't believe Dak Prescott's a top five quarterback. And but has has that ever mattered when you're getting a contract? Yeah, but I mean, if he's not a top five quarterback, I'm not giving him top five quarterback money. But teams so, don't do that though. That's I mean, just Matt personal. Stafford. Matt Stafford always got paid. Kirk Cousins <laughs> didn't deserve eighty-four million guaranteed or twenty-eight million, which reset the market. Uh, so why doesn't Dak deserve it? I think Dak. See, this is my thing with Dak. I just want to get on Dak because I'm an Eagles fan. I, I literally hate the Cowboys, but I've probably been telling people for the last three weeks that Dak Prescott was going to ask for a contract bigger than Carson Wentz. And if people didn't pay attention to Carson Wentz's contract, you got to, you know, there's all these different numbers that they give you. And the number that they've been really giving you is four years, 128. But the number that they missed is it can be 154. So if Carson Wentz hits all he, these markers, then he could be making up to like 38.5 per year. And that's what Dak is basing his contract off. He's basing it off of the last person that signed their contract because Carson Wentz, even though um, Russell Wilson is the highest paid quarterback at 33 and a half, Carson's at 32 for the four years, 128 extension. But that contract can be 154, which is like 38 and a half. And he got $107 million. So Dallas is floating around the number of, hey, he wants 40 million, which is not, which is probably not true. He's just saying he wants those same type of incentives to where if he hits the markers, he makes 40. His base will probably be around thirty-four million, and he'll probably get one hundred and ten million guaranteed. Would you agree with that? Um, I you know I don't really know the ins and out of contracts like that. <laughs> um, I I do know that when it comes to comparing Dak Prescott to Carson Wentz, um, for me I would I would pay Carson Wentz if it were Dak. I would franchise him and make and do some a couple prove it deals. Um, at the end of the day, Carson Wentz has a Super Bowl ring, and now while he may have missed the playoffs, that's what I was about was, to say. He didn't get well, it though. Correct, but he was an MVP caliber 
you know, the same thing with Derek Carr. You know what I mean? <laughs> and those guys were MVP calibers the year that they, they've gotten paid, and they, they showed that, okay, these dudes could be franchise quarterbacks. There's no one that is sure about uh, Dak Prescott. Even at his best year, no one's been like, yeah, this guy's the future. You know what I mean? Like, it, it there's always the thing to where I think that Dak Prescott, personally, I think he's a he's an average quarterback, maybe above average quarterback. Um, now, I do think he's a winner, and I like that about him, but, it, you know, I, I don't know that he's a Super Bowl quarterback, and he hasn't proven to be such a – he's proven to be a 9-7, and 10-6 quarterback. Um, you know, but, and I'm not convinced that they can't win without him. You see what happens when – well, I mean, that's a, that's a bad argument for Carson Wentz because they did win without him, but, I mean, it's a good exactly. argument for Derek Carr because they don't win without him, so – I don't know. But, I mean, if you most of these quarterbacks, so if we take away what we think we see, because if you look at Dak Prescott's numbers, he has more wins in the last six years, I think it said, than any of the quarterbacks in the top five. Uh, I think he's at 32, and Russell Wilson might be at 28. So he has more wins than any of those teams. He has better stats than Carson Wentz. He's healthier than Carson Wentz. He's 3-1 and one against Carson Wentz head-to-head. All the stats favor Dak. Like his stats, if you look at his stats and you look at Russell Wilson's stats in Russell Wilson's first three years, his stats are better. He has a better um, completion percentage. I think Russell Wilson was around 64. Dak is around 67%. Um, Russell Wilson, I mean, Dak has about 38 yards, 3,800 yards per season. He has more touchdowns. Like Dak's resume looks better than Russell Wilson's in his first three years. He has a better resume than Carson Wentz. I just don't understand why Dak gets all the hate. Like, because what Dak has done, and not let's not forget that Dak has been on one of the best contracts for Dallas over the past three years because of where he was drafted. So Dak right now, I think in the, the three years that Dak has played for Dallas, Dak has made a total of like $2 million, including like this year. So they've gotten a playoff caliber quarterback for chump change and i don't understand why people hate dak so much or think that he's not that good when you say he's a dink and dunk um quarterback look at his receivers he had jason Witten, who was old at that point where he was probably the most reliable target the other target was cole beasley after that he had a washed up des bryant like who is he pushing the ball downfield to tavon austin so you, you got to have a receiver to throw to to say that he can stretch the field because he looked pretty good stretching the field with Amari Cooper. It's like he gets all the blame for the deficiencies that the Dallas Cowboys have, but then none of the credit for when he plays good with their only weapon, which is Zeke. So if I say it, you'll say, well, he had Zeke when he did that. But then if we talk about his receivers, nobody goes back and looked and say, man, his team was pretty terrible. Well, I'll tell you what. You get if if I'm if I'm Jerry I'll call Jerry Jones after the season if Dak Prescott can get them to the number one seed to the you know to the conference championship somewhere in the playoffs or, or do something other than winning uh you know nine games okay <laughs> then then we'll talk about whether or not he deserves to be paid I'm I'm well, on well, Dak really, Prescott thing it really doesn't matter because Dak Prescott is in one of those positions where he has all the leverage. Dallas can do whatever they want. At the end of the day, he deserves to get the money. And he, he has all the leverage because you can't hit the quarterbacks anymore. So besides getting a non-contact injury by just running around, 
you're going to get your money because you can't really hit the quarterback. That's the same thing that Russell Wilson did, and he ended up getting overpaid, which people didn't think Russell Wilson deserved his contract. So let's go back to that because before Russell Wilson got his first big contract, people didn't think that he deserved it. They said that it was all the defense. He had Marshawn Lynch. He didn't deserve that type of money. He got it anyway, and now he set himself up to continue to get these huge contracts in every four years. Kirk Cousins, everyone said he didn't deserve the money. And then he ended up getting $84 million guaranteed, $28 million a year. He could have got 90 guaranteed and $30 million a year. And I, you know how I feel about him. I think he's straight garbage. So, <laughs> And I've been saying that for years. So I, I don't see how Dak doesn't get paid. Because Dak, if he just goes this year and plays out his franchise and plays out, then he gets the franchise tag. By that time, the franchise tag is going to be about $34 million anyway. Okay, does Dallas want to franchise tag him again? He's going to get like $40 million that next season anyway. You can actually make more money if you're okay with getting the franchise tags. But there's always that risk of, I wouldn't have went to training camp if I was Dak. That's crazy. Because there's always that risk of getting that Teddy Bridge, Bridgewater non-contact double knee surgery. And then you're kind of done. Yeah, which would be the most unfortunate. And I would hate that for Dak. Because uh, I, I, I don't dislike Dak. I just don't feel one way or the other about Dak. I, I you know, I want to see him in a full year. I, I want to see him in this offense with Amari Cooper for a full year. I want to see the numbers he puts up. I want to see what the Cowboys do. I don't think the Cowboys need to pay him this year. I think that if they if, if he has a great year, pay the man 40, 40 million, fine, pay him, whatever, if he has a great year. If not, if it's another average year and you're out in the first round or barely made the playoffs, I mean, you know, either franchise him let him walk whatever you're gonna do i mean it, it seems like you're not gonna be successful either way and you probably need to blow it up anyway i'm surprised jason garrett still has a job but that's neither here nor there um anyway man let's let's get into some of these divisions we ha- we've got a lot of news that that we've that we need to cover um this was actually a, a good sports week uh you know we had some news today with demarcus cousin tearing his acl um which is the, the do you just feel bad for that dude yeah i really feel bad for him man because he man i don't think people realize how much money this dude lost he lost his money even because when he got traded from sacramento to new orleans he already lost like 60 million dollars mm-hmm. because he was in line for one of those supermax contracts Lottie said he was going to give it to him, and then Lottie did the smart thing in hindsight and got rid of his ass. Mm-hmm. And so they dodged the bullet. Then he has that non-contact Achilles injury. He was already facing an uphill battle because most big men of his size really do not recover from a foot injury. The foot injury is like the worst thing you can have for a big man of his size, especially a big man that struggles with weight weight issues. Then he has the quad injury, comes back for the playoffs, this year didn't go nearly as good as he thought it would go. Signs with the Lakers, think he has another opportunity. Then he tears his ACL. Worst luck that you can have, man. And it, it's sad because he lost a lot of money. A lot of people will say it's karma because of how he act. But you had never really seen this dude do anything negative but be passionate. Get You know, he got texts, but that was more of a reputation. Everything else off the court says that he's a good dude. I just don't feel like he deserved it. And people are going to feel like, I feel like people are going to think he deserved this. Which is unfair. I mean, you, I mean, at the end of the day, no matter how you feel about him on the court, 
these are still people off of it. You know what I mean? These are still human beings. And I think, I think that's one of the most unfortunate things that people don't really recognize with athletes is that they are human beings. Um, and I, I feel for the dude. I, what does this do for the Lakers though? Does it, does it move the needle much? Does it, is it a big blow to them or is it just, well, they, we were they weren't going to be great with him anyway. Well, I mean, I think that he added some versatility because he's, I think a 38% three point shooter. So I think he was going to be the stretch big. I'm, and he he provided some physicality. This would have been the second year um, off the AC. I mean the Achilles injury. This is the year where you're supposed to be a little bit better. You know what I mean? You could play a little bit more. Um, so I think it's a big blow for them because they gave him a little bit above the minimum. So the, he got into some cap room. They really expected to use Boogie in some situations. And on a team that I feel like is really hurting for depth, even hurting for pieces that can be moved. I think this boogie loss is a big blow because you're stuck with JaVale McGee now, which he's really good at what he does. I'm just not sure he's great with with LeBron because he clogs the lane. And he doesn't add, add a lot of versatility. And a team with Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, um, shit, Rondo, all these players that really can't shoot, the lane is going to be clogged. You really don't need a dude in there getting you 10, 15 rebounds. You need to spray space that thing out. So I thought that's how they was going to use boogie because of his three-point shooting to kind of space the floor and be able to play small with a big man, that would kind of be their advantage because their lineup would be so big. So without Boogie, I think it's really going to kind of hurt their depth. I'm not even sure you can get an injury exception for a dude making $3 million. Yeah, I think it puts them in a real tight spot, and we'll see uh, We'll see how it goes. Um, I don't want to spend too much on this. We'll, we'll get to we'll get to the Lakers later on. But, um, yeah, it, it's just unfortunate on a personal note that uh that boogie kind of you know they that he did this um so you want to get into the previews of the afc and nfc north well before we do that i want to talk about how do you feel about jay-z and rock nation partnering up with the nfl with the cole kaepernick and the the the, um you know police brutality and the thing do you feel like this is the right time do you feel like this is a good move for jay-z do you feel like this was an opportunistic move to just get money how do you feel about that um i think that anything that um deals with social injustices as as, as they want to call it what do they call them social injustice advisor whatever the hell it is um if it doesn't include colin kaepernick it's not genuine uh, and I'm not even saying that, uh, you know, until Colin Kaepernick has a job in the NFL again or anything like that. But something that doesn't include Colin Kaepernick, who sacrificed a ton, um, basically his NFL career for this, I, I, I think that it completely misses the mark. And it's I personally, I think it's a bad look for Jay-Z. I, I really do. I, I think he took the money and they made him an offer that maybe he said it, he couldn't say no to. I get it, but you know this was a man that was didn't want to perform at the Super Bowl a few years ago, um, and now that I month think that the, was last year, last year, and now you know the change of heart, and then to come out and talk about you know we don't need to be kneeling anymore. The time for that is done. It's time for action. But what's the action going to be? Because you know he said that these protests need to be happening off the field, and that's where he comes in. Well, you know what? When else is that platform going to be used? Because we're going to be right back to square one. So no, I'm not a fan of it. So, I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard for me. I kind of go both ways. Uh, full disclosure, Jay-Z is, like, my favorite artist. But the one thing that I look at is 
I'm I'm trying to figure out is is it still that time because we we still talk about Kaepernick, but Eric Reed, who was with Kaepernick, he's back in the NFL. You know what I mean? So he came back. Um, they both had settlements, so they both settled with the NFL. Kaepernick did a settlement. We don't know how for how much. Um, Eric Reed also did a settlement. So both of those cases are no longer there anymore. So they both settled and kind of let it go. Eric Reed got an opportunity to get back in the NFL. I'm in the minority. I know what people say. You know, you had all these bad backup quarterbacks, so Colin Kaepernick can have it, should have a job. I agree. Personally, I'm not of the opinion that Colin Kaepernick wants a backup job. I'm not of the opinion that he ever wanted a backup job. He always felt that he was worth more than I personally thought he was worth. And I thought he was going to have a hard time finding a job after the last season he played after having that $100 million contract. Now, people are going to disagree with me because of now it's an issue, but Colin Kaepernick wasn't a great quarterback. I think he's better than Dak Prescott. I do not. No level do I think he was better. Only time that Colin Kaepernick that I feel that Colin Kaepernick was good is when he had Vernon Davis, and that was literally the only person that he threw it to. Any other time, he had Jim Harbaugh that was designing a run-heavy offense that was similar to the Wildcat. Once they took their read option offense away, he really struggled. So I can understand because he's not a pure passer, and having a backup quarterback, you would have to put him in a system like a Lamar Jackson, a system where he can run those type of plays because he's not a pure passer. And so that's my opinion. That's why I think he's not in the NFL. It's, too, it's the same reason that, that I don't think that Tim Tebow's in the NFL. I thought Tim Tebow deserved a backup job too. But the reason why he's not in the NFL, which has nothing to do with social injustice, is because he demanded too much attention whenever he's on the roster. So then if your quarterback is a little bit bad, they're, they're calling for Tebow because they have their fan base. If you put Colin Kaepernick behind 50 to 60% of these quarterbacks in the NFL, and they have a couple of bad games, people are going to be calling for Colin Kaepernick. They're going to be outside of your stadium, and NFL owners do not like distractions. More than the kneeling, they don't like distractions to game play, and that's why I don't think Colin Kaepernick's in the NFL. I would, as, I would, I would contest. I think that ESPN ruined Tim Tebow's career. I, I, th- yeah, I, mean, yeah, I definitely followed him around in training. Yeah, camp that was, that was the media that single handedly killed his career. It, it wasn't coaches because I, I think he would have been on a team um, if it weren't for the circus. That I mean, that that was through no fault of his own. I, I truly think that the Tim Tebow situation is very unfortunate for him. And hopefully, there's like a thirty for thirty about it down the road and of how fucked up. That that situation was, but but do you um, see similarities between that and the Kaepernick? If you take away this, just the circus that would happen if they signed, similar to the circus that would happen when the Philadelphia Eagles signed Michael Vick. The difference is Michael Vick had pure throwing ability. You know what I mean? And somebody well, even gambled on that though. Yeah, and you know, for keep in mind, I'm not I'm not like advocating for Colin Kaepernick to be a quarterback in the NFL. Um, at all, I, I I think those days are done. Anytime a quarterback's been out of the league for three or four years, I mean it, it's done. There, there's there's no shot at that, um, nor should there be really. Uh, from a from a pure ability standpoint, there's just no point to do it. But I do think that in some capacity, if they were to come together and acknowledge Colin Kaepernick, it's kind of like it's kind of like how uh, people don't acknowledge uh, how detrimental uh, slavery and the civil rights were in America. Like yeah, the, they they just don't acknowledge Colin Kaepernick at all, and and that's my biggest issue with that. Like Jay Z is is getting rich, and you know maybe that's not fair, but I do think that he is capitalizing off of something that 
is on that was that that's built off uh, Colin Kaepernick's back. Is that if that makes sense? Yeah, but in his own right, though, he's also been fighting for social justice for a while. So if you get the opportunity to use that platform, I mean, isn't that what you're asking for? Is the NFL to do more? So if you get and we people have talked about the halftime shows, how they only use this and they're not using hip hop. Talked about the um, you know, the the uh, what is it, the um, Super Bowl. You know, those halftime shows. If he can really get there, and I mean, of course they're using him just like he's using them. I mean, that's any business transaction that you have, especially with hip hop partnership. They're both using each other. We can agree on that, right? I yes. mean, it's, it's no different than Colin Kaepernick signing with Nike. Nike's using him, and he's using Nike. It's the same thing. So I don't, I don't, I just really don't know how I feel about it because if he can give other artists a platform to be on that stage that wouldn't have had that platform because of something that happened with Janet Jackson back. 15 16 years ago and you can start seeing more black faces in nfl and then you can get the nfl to contribute to whatever the rock nation is doing because the rock nation is doing a bunch with social injustice that's one thing you can't say about the rock nation and Jay-Z. they're doing a whole lot so if you can get the nfl to start chipping in the benefit to the nfl of course is they won't look racist anymore whether they are or not, you know, we all know they are, but it'll be a better look for them to be donating money, even if they're just donating, because it's nothing to them. They bring in so much money. At least you're getting them to kick into the causes. I mean, they make the money off of back the backs of black players. At least they can do is support social injustice. And they're doing it. They're, they're doing it in the way that you know that they're going to do. They're going to do it with money. You know, and while while we're on that topic, I do want to say, um, what about the fact that what do you think about this hard knock situation potentially leaking over into college? Oh, I hate that. Because they so, don't get played. At least these players get paid. Right. And, I, you know, that kind of jogged my, my memory about the money because of the, you know, how much money the NFL actually brings in, which coincidentally the, the uh, you know, the NCAA is also a multi-billion dollar industry. And now we're talking about more exploitation that – for four schools, it's just going to help the coaches and recruiting and this, and the players get literally none of it. So, um, I mean, it's similar to how they tried to shut down Jim Harbaugh doing his traveling camps. Um, I think it was the last year, the year before, two years ago. Where, yep. Yeah, when they they tried to shut that down, and he that's kind of a hard knocks NFL idea of recruiting <laughs> unfair advantage of going to different states and holding your camp. So now then the uh, college. NCAA has gotten a hold of that because it's profitable to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just I just want to kind of drive by so, that. So are I they talking about garbage. putting that in camps? Because it's weird because it's camps for um, universities are way different than NFL training camps. Like the media is not even allowed to most of those. So it would be really interesting if they were allowed to do that because a lot of beat writers aren't even allowed inside to see the practices or they're not allowed to post about it or write about it. Yeah. From my understanding, it's going to be during like the, the actual season. Uh, Uh, Okay. So for just for Penn state, Arizona state, and there were two other schools that that slipped my mind, but um, so, Oh no. Yeah. Was it Alabama? I think was one of them. And there was one more, Um, but either way, uh, but during the season, that's kind of different because you own the rights to a lot of this shit. I mean, what are you showing? You know I mean, what I mean? At the, at the end of the day, I still think it's exploiting these kids. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and they're not seeing a dime of it or allowed to make up money at all from it, which, you know, is, I guess, a, is a 
conversation for a different time. Um, but you know, we're uh, we are what nine days away from college football, so <laughs> you know, I'll be happy here in a little bit. Nine days? I thought it was the thirty uh, first. Nah, I think first game is the twenty fourth. Hmm. Um, that probably that's probably one of those weeks I'm not gonna watch where Hawaii plays Colorado State. Look, man, I just want football that counts back, okay? That's all I care about. I don't, I don't really count that. I know what you're talking about. That's the week before the actual season starts. So uh, so what do you think about um, – they've, they've already corrected this rule. But overall, what do you think about the Rich Paul rule since we're talking about uh, college that they have corrected? If you don't know what the Rich Paul rule is, it was a certain set of standards they put in place to become an agent. One of the bigger ones where they said that you had to have a bachelor's degree. Famously, Rich Paul, a friend of LeBron James, who has a who's an agent who became an agent without having a bachelor's degree, does not have a bachelor's degree. So it was dubbed the Rich Paul rule. Everyone thought that this rule was targeting him. Um, they got a lot of backlash from a lot of agents and a lot of people in general, and they changed the rule rule early this week to amend it and say you don't need a bachelor's degree. What do you think about that whole thing? You know, they've come out and said that it wasn't necessarily geared towards Colin Cat or towards uh, Rich Paul, but <laughs> it was, it it was, and it they they quickly found. How, but here's the thing. The very person that they that they tried to target, they just made more powerful because of how fast they changed that rule. They basically like, you know, once once it came out and Rich Paul said that, you know, how messed up this is and LeBron James behind him, they changed it immediately. It was kinda like attacking Beyonce. Yeah. Um you the know. Hive. Yeah. So you you had one of them hives after you and, and they felt the pressure, the heat to, to change this rule or, you know, to amend this rule and they did it quickly. And I, I think that, you know, while the rule is you know, clearly garbage to begin with and targeting, targeting, you know, Rich Paul to begin with. Um, I do think that they should have waited if they really did want to, like, cut down his power because there are um, people who think Clutch is too powerful and has too much say and is doing things that, that should not be done um, in the NBA, and they don't want that necessarily spilling over to college campuses. So, um, you know, I think that... As as always, the NCAA just bungled everything that they touch. Um, you know, I think they they fucked it up. I think they messed this rule up. I think that they messed up amending the rule as soon as they did. Uh, I just think that they're clowns in general. They're definitely clowns in general. Uh, I have a different take on it because I don't think this. I mean, I think uh, the essence of the rule targeted Rich Paul, but I don't think it directly targeted Rich Paul because if you look at the rule, it was for players that planned on going back to college. So I don't think Rich Paul necessarily represents players that's going to come dip their toe in and say, no, nah, I'm not good enough and go back. You know what I mean? So He's going to go after the one and done. Anyway. Yeah, he's going after the one and done, the ones that Derek, the Garlands, the top 10 picks. He's already got people. When people get in the NBA, they may not sign with him, but he's one of the best negotiators, and he see he sees the power, people see the power that he has. So usually around contract times, they switch to him anyway. So – Theoretically, I don't think that this rule would have directly affected Rich Paul like we think it would have. I don't think it would have affected his business. I don't think that would have stopped his train. But what it would have done is it would have affected, which is big and why he needed to speak out. It would have affected the next Rich Paul, the next person trying to be like Rich Paul to try to become an agent without getting a college diploma. And their stance was, hey, we're going to do this because we're the NCAA and we want to put an importance on having a degree. 
that all sounds well and good, but we know who you're targeting. You know what I mean? If he knows just as much and he knows how to play the game, why do you need to put that rule in place? It seemed targeted. And this is just shows how out of touch NCAA basketball, that how, they, how much out of touch they really are. And what's going to happen in the next five years is the NCAA is really going to be in trouble after this next collective bargaining agreement because the, D, the G League is becoming an option for players out of high school. It's not yet, but it will become stronger after they do these next round of negotiations. The one-and-done rule won't be in there anymore. So the G League not only will be able to draft players, it'll become a farm league players. Uh, I mean, a farm league for some of these players. And then you have overseas. You have a lot of these old NBA players buying into these franchises overseas that they want to target these high school kids. So I believe that the NCAA is in trouble over the next five years. And this is this just shows how out of touch they are with what's going on. Well, I think that a bunch of entities that are run by um, let's just put it this way, because everything doesn't have to be a race issue. There's a, there's a reason why the NBA is as successful as it is um, and and projecting to be as, as successful as it will be. And what you and I both think will be the most popular sport. May, it probably won't overtake soccer worldwide, but I think it will overtake football. But worldwide, it's, worldwide, it's already second, right? Well, yeah, but I think it will be recognized as the number one sport outside of soccer, probably within the decade. Um, but I feel like it already is worldwide. It's just not like that in the USA. Well, yeah, world, worldwide. I, I, I guess I should say in the U.S. as well. Oh, okay, I got you. Um, and the, the reason that I say that is just because you have young, innovative owners and who, who all really started with, like, guys like Mark Cuban who it's crazy to think that he's just one of those old dudes now but um, you know you have young innovative energetic owners who seem to really get it as opposed to the NFL who just has these you know stuck up rich billionaire stiff owners and the you know it's run by the same type of people in the NCAA run by the exact same people these stiff you know rich people who who are as you said, out of touch with everything. And I, th- I think that's the bigger issue. But don't you and, think that's you what know. the NFL is trying to do by partnering with Jay-Z? They saw the power that Jay-Z and Beyonce have. Because I think the year before, it was like Beyonce's halftime show. And now Jay-Z turning them down. And they recognize the power. So to get young and more hip and more in touch, that's why they linked up with Jay-Z? Maybe, maybe as a whole. But when you still have individual owners like a Jerry Jones, like a Robert Kraft, like like a uh, what's homeboy's name that owns Houston? Uh, uh, yeah, I know who, you're talking about. And uh, Ross from who's hosting a Trump. Uh, yeah. Event. <laughs> Which politics aside, you're welcome to do whatever you want to. But when you have a team full of you know black players, that's probably what eighty percent black. It's yeah. not a good look. Yeah, you're out of. It and, shows that you're out of touch. You know. Correct. So you you know um it. It, you know, you, I listened to Arian uh, Foster's podcast a few years ago, and uh, or a few months ago, and he talked about how the owner of the Houston Texans came down um, after President Obama was elected, and clearly just, I mean, didn't read the room. He, you know, was like, "Oh, we're all, I know, we're all disappointed with the results last <laughs> night." We, and, and it's just, and he still owns the team. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I saw that too. You know what I mean? It's just, that's what I mean. Yeah, so it's great that the NFL is doing this, but the NFL is still run by these these owners nah, at the you. end of the day. So, um, we'll see. Uh, I, I know we kind of got off topic there, but um, I, I do want to say that, you know, the NCAA 
I, I agree with you. He's probably in trouble in the long term um, when it comes to basketball, probably. Football, I don't really see there being another option. Um, no, that was you know, that I, was specifically talking about um, basketball. Yeah. Because as we yeah. talked about a few weeks ago, well, it might have been a long time ago, is that the NCAA, I didn't know this, but the NCAA really only makes money off of basketball and March Madness. They don't really make a lot of money off of football. So basketball is the organization where they make a lot of money off of. Yeah. Well, actually, I didn't know that. Um, all I do know is that when – I was in uh, Greenville, South Carolina for work, which is about 45 minutes from Clemson. And when college football teams win, that the economies of that state grow. So go, go do some research on South Carolina since Clemson has been good. Go do some research on Alabama since, uh, you know what I mean? So, like, these, these teams, they, they make a difference. <laughs> oh, mean, no, they make money. Know. They just have a smarter organization. They have, like, a president. Like, the NCAA, I mean, the college basketball don't have, like, a president of college basketball NCAA uh, the foot college football each conference has a president and that most of the money is divided up within the conference and NCAA only gets a small piece of that as opposed to the NCAA who's kind of runs the whole college basketball and it doesn't have like these presidents of the conferences and that's why it's way more disorganized and the money kind of goes all over the place so that's why they get the money. But I agree. I mean, I think it's like Penn State, whose population is 30,000 when full football season is not in play, and like 230,000 when football season is. So I understand. Ah, that Actually, Penn State was the other uh, hard knocks uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, candidate. So good call. Um, all right, man. Let's get to the preview of the, the AFC and NFC North before we get out of here. Um, we went over the... AFC and NFC East last week, and um, pretty poo-poo divisions, I think we both agreed. Uh, you know, well, for the most part. It, they're definitely not as competitive. I think that... Because um, I did like the, the Jets. You just think everybody's trash. Well, no, I think that the Jets are going to win 10 to 6 games, or, uh, you know, 10 games. <laughs> they're they're going to go 10 okay. and 6 like okay. they do every time they get a new coach. Um, so, I'm looking at the AFC North, and... Um, I don't really know what to make of this division. I think the Cleveland Browns will be better. I think they will be a playoff team. I think the Steelers are going to be a playoff team. The Ravens I'm not sure about, and I think the Bengals are bad. You know Um, you just changed your mind from, like, last week you thought that the Ravens were going to be good. I'd have to go back and listen for facts (laughs) because I I don't recall this. (laughs) Yeah, you said it. I think I actually said that the Ravens were bad. He was like, oh, no, you know, John Harbaugh knows how to put a playoff team together. I don't think I said that, but maybe I did. You know, I, in case y'all can't tell, I'm a little under the weather today, so maybe I did. It's possible. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, so. I really like the competition in that division. Um, unlike most years, well, no, I'll say that they that division's been pretty consistent over the years. I mean, you are gonna at least get two of the teams. You just don't know if it's gonna be the Bengals or the Ravens with the Steelers, but you get two teams, sometimes three. Now, I think you have three solid teams in this division because I really like what the Browns are doing. Um, that offense got a whole lot better last year. That defense, I think, is really good. Uh, they went 8-8, eight and eight, and that was after letting your old coach just blow six games, four or five. Was it six games or five games? Uh, five. Five games. You know, he just pretty much shit the bed in five of those games, and they still came out 8-8. Eight and eight. I think this Browns team is going to be really good. They didn't lose anything. They added more weapons. I just don't see how this Browns team isn't at least 10 10-6, 11-5. and 
Steelers. I they, agree with you. Yeah, they barely, barely missed the playoffs, but I think they have some addition by subtraction. A lot of the stuff going on with Antonio Brown, and I think with Juju kind of brought down the team, waiting on Le'Veon Bell. Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? I think with this consistency this offseason, knowing that you don't have those players, you can come in this offseason game planning for not having them. Um, I really like Devin Bush, the rookie linebacker. Um, I think this team is going to be good, 10-6 and 6 team at least. I think I the Browns are going to win the di- division, though. I got the Browns winning the division. Uh, Bengals, I'm not sold on. I hate Andy Dalton. I hate everything he does. <laughs> A.J. Green, he's injury prone. He's probably already going to miss three to four weeks. Joe Mixon, I don't think he can hold up. I just don't really like this Bengals team. I don't think you get it done with Andy Dalton and Tyler Boyd. I think they're going to be the Browns of the division this year, and they're going to switch. Um, they're going to get rid of Andy Dalton or go to their backup quarterback. I think his name is like Ryan Finley, whoever they drafted. I think they're going to go to that mm-hmm. dude pretty early in the season. I think it's going to be six, seven games into the season. They're going to see this isn't working, and they're going to go into rebuild state, especially without A.J. Green. And that only leaves the, the Ravens, and that's all going to lie on Lamar Jackson. What are you going to get from Lamar Jackson? Can he pass? Can he complete a pass um, across the line of scrimmage? If they're going to run this dude 180 times like John Harbaugh is claiming, can he stand up to the uh, the hits that he's going to take? Will any of these young wide receivers stand up? The problem with the Ravens, I can't say that they will be a playoff team or they won't be a playoff team because they just have so many unknowns on the outside. But their scheme is built to just, you know, survive. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that they are that type of team that can mess around and win nine games, ten games. I mean, I don't know, but the the did the Ravens make the playoffs last year? Yes, yeah. Um, that was a game. I think we watched it together, and when Lamar couldn't complete oh, a pass until the right. very end of the game, and it was horrible. Probably the one of the worst passing displays I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> at least for like, at least for like four. Three and a half quarters. I think he turned it on at the very end, but, man, it was atrocious. Atrocious. Yeah. Just like your pronunciation of that word, it was pretty bad. Yeah, exact but. same. The exact same. <laughs> I got it together at the end, though. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, overall, I'm with you on this division. Um, I think it's going to be the Steelers and the Browns fighting for it. Um, and I, I, I like the Browns. Um, we'll see if Freddie Kitchens is a good coach. Uh, I'm, I'm on the fence about that, but... Um, I do think that they have all the talent in the world. Uh, so, you know, and this division, while I think it's a good division, it is up for the taking. Um, are there any um, are there any fancy breakouts that you see coming from this division? Um, I really like, I mean, I know he just got suspended for four games, but I'm, I'm a big Antonio Callaway fan. I think he was a first-round talent, just like Josh Gordon and the rest of them. He has problems with smoking the ganja. And knowing that being dumb, lettuce. yeah, being dumb enough to know when the test is, but just can't stop smoking. <laughs> so he's suspended for four games. But I mean, I just think, man, if you get him out there with Odell, where you have to put the safety over the top, Jarvis, who works the middle, middle, um, and him just you know taking the top off the defense. I just, and he, David and Joku running around out there. Yeah, working the middle with Landry and Joku working the middle. Those aren't deep route guys. Odell can do it, but they're gonna put a safety over top of him. I mean, I like Higgins. I like Willies. I mean, they're solid receivers. But nobody can take the top off the defense like Antonio Callaway. And I really like Antonio Callaway. I'm really going to – I like what they're doing with Hiller, even though um, Kareem Hunt will probably take those carries. But, you know, 
We're we're banking that Kareem Hunt can last like eight games without playing and don't fuck up. I mean that's yeah. a that's a big risk. If you take that away, I mean Hiller, I think his name is like Dontrell Hiller, the Dontrell Hiller, yeah. Yeah, he's he's only he's a young guy. He's only like twenty twenty second year, it's like twenty two. Uh, he's really fast, really quick. They use him a lot. Um, I feel like this offense is going to go no huddle a lot. So I think he's going to have a place. Um, Steelers are the Steelers. I don't have anybody for the Bengals. <laughs> I just don't you know, want to touch them. No, I agree with you. Um, I, I think that, uh, I mean, you didn't mention Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb is going to be a fine running back. Um, you know, but. Yeah. My problem this with Nick Chubb pro- is he didn't catch the ball. And the way that they're going to run no huddle, the way I feel like they're going to – because that's when Baker Mayfield's best. Uh, he's he's best at running no huddle. And I think they're going to play to his strengths. And if they do that, I just don't believe Nick Chubb can run routes. He can catch the screen and out the backfield. But I think they're going to use Hillard or whoever's the receiving back. If Kareem Hunt comes back, he would be that guy. They're going to use that back a lot so they can go fast. Yeah, Um you know, and getting to you know from a fancy perspective for the Steelers, I think this is a prove it year for Juju, um, and I do think he's that talented. I think he's going to be a very very good receiver. Um, but I am you know everyone always mentions that well he doesn't have Antonio Brown on the other side taking away some of that coverage, which is true. True. Um, but I I, I want to see how well he does this year. Um, from from an ADP perspective, I think he may be a little too expensive. Uh, but if one of those other receivers like a Deontay is it Johnson? Yeah, it's Johnson. Artemis. Whatever them old, them old ghetto boys. Yeah. Both of them. Deontay and who's the other one? <laughs> uh, James Washington. Now, James um, Washington had an S preseason, but he looked really good in the preseason game. He did. He has. And there were reports. And this is why, you know, we talked about last week. I don't, I don't listen to camp reports because there was reports that James Washington is just ass. And Deontay <laughs> John, or Deontay, whatever the hell his name is, uh, Deontay was passing him up. But and, in Deontay's and, defense, he didn't play. You know, well, yeah, but they were just saying that he was going to be better than Washington, and then that, uh, um, damn, what is his name from uh, came from Jacksonville, Dante Moncrief, uh, was you know the the solid number two, you know what I mean? And like, so I'm excited to see what the Pittsburgh Steelers receiving core looks like because they keep good receivers forever. Um, so if if one of those guys can break out, I think Juju's going to be as explosive as he ever was. Um, who do you like, Baltimore? James Conner or Jalen Samuels? You know, that's a good question because it wouldn't shock me if they were 50-50, kind of like they were when they had Rashard Mendenhall and uh, what was his name? Something green. Uh, uh, yeah, I know you're talking about. I can't remember his name either. They, they split that pretty evenly, and it wouldn't shock me because Jalen Samuels is very good. And while James Conner had a great year last year, he tailed off towards the end, and he was not – the same back he was in the beginning of the year and you know i don't care what anybody says he's not Le'Veon bell <laughs> i no, mean he's, he's, he's not. not but he, and, he offers and, more than connor connor you know what you're getting you're getting pounding going forward he can catch um but everything is straightforward i don't think connor has a lot of that shiftiness in him and that's what Jalen sam samuels give you he has some of that power but he also has some of that Le'Veon bell make you miss in the whole shiftiness and that lasts longer than a dude is just going to drop his head and pound you like a james connor yeah um that's actually a backfield that i wouldn't want to be messing around with if to be honest with you <laughs> i'm not i've seen some people drafting james connor at like seven like it's no way I'm taking no, him in the first three absolutely rounds. not. No, especially if I don't get somehow if I'm not able to get Jalen Samuels as well. 
Um, I, yeah, that, that's not a backfield I want any part of. The only the only player I want on that, uh, you know, from a fantasy perspective at this point, if you're in a redraft league, is Juju. If you're in a dynasty league, Juju. And then, I mean, I, I would take either John Deontay Johnson or um, or Dwayne or uh, James Washington. Um, you know, but the, those aren't guys that you know. If they're on my team, I, I'm not probably not going to be depending on them, but. Um, from a redraft standpoint, which is what most of you guys probably play, Juju's probably the only person on that team that I would be comfortable, you know, even drafting at all. At their ADP status, like I take Connor, but he has to come in like the third round. If he's coming anywhere Correct. in the top three, like early, I would take him late third round. But nah, it's no way I'm taking him first or second. That's just too big of a risk. So let's yeah. get into the uh, NFC South. Interesting division. NFC North. Oh, NFC North. Yeah, less interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to the south next week uh yeah you got the chicago bears you got the detroit lions the green bay packers and the minnesota vikings um i think that the i think the bears are the cream of the crop in this division yeah. um they are kind of on that seattle seahawks denver broncos uh trained where this is a year that they can make a super bowl because of how much talent that they have and all they just need is mitchell trubisky not to mess it up um and that's because they if. have talent and it is a big if, and they have talent. They have talent everywhere else on the field. Um, we'll see what their running backs look like. They have some. They have some pretty good receivers. Um, they've got a, a, a effective enough tight end. Their defense is great. They obviously have Khalil Mack, who's you know one of, if not the best defensive player in football. You can throw him or Aaron Donald in there, um, and and their defense as a whole is you know very very good. So I think the Bears win that division. Um, right behind them, I think is going to be the Vikings again because of that defense. Um, I'm I'm interested to see what the Packers do though. Um, I think one thing that's not talked about with the Packers is I don't think they have a ton of talent. <laughs> I, mean, I don't either. I think they've been in the bargain being looking for talent for way too long. Correct, and and I think outside of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, I we'll get to a fancy perspective in a minute. But you know, I'm not sure Aaron Jones is a great running back. I mean, his fantasy ADP is through the roof, which is insane to me. But um, you know, outside of Aaron Rodgers and, and Devontae Adams, they don't really have a ton. I mean, they've got nothing from the tight end perspective. Um, Jimmy you know, Graham. Jimmy Graham's old, and and they don't really feature the tight end much. So well, they never um, really have. Yeah, not since Jermichael Finley. Um, you know, so I, I don't think the Packers are the most talented team out there. I think them and Detroit are probably both six, seven-win teams. I don't think either of them are playoff teams. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm with you. I think the Bears are the cream of the crop of the division. I really like everything that the Bears are doing. Um, unlike most people, I really like um, Allen Robinson this year coming off the ACL. He had a year towards the end of the year. He started looking like the old Allen Robinson. Um, if he can become a dominant receiver, that's one thing that they didn't have last year. They didn't really have a receiver that you could depend on to go get the ball. But yeah, they used Gabriel and they used some trick plays with Cohen. And, you know, a lot of their stuff that they did was a lot of trickery just with the offensive coordinator manipulating the um, the defense. If they can get some consistent play from those players like Allen Robinson, they can get a consistent run game from David Montgomery, who looked really good in that first preseason game, then this team could be very dangerous because all you need to do is just not be terrible with the defense that they have. I mean, they have an elite-level right. defense that's going to put pressure on teams, and it's like those old Denver squads that you were talking about if you or the old Colts squad. If you can put points on the board, 
and make teams try to come get you where they're in pass-catching situations on a regular basis, that's going to make it so much harder for those offenses going against a Mac and that defense. Because those dudes, if you get them in knowing that that's a, that's a password situation, I don't know that you can stop that front seven or eight. I just don't know if you can do it. They have too much speed, too much power. That is a very good defense. That's a very good pass rush. They just need to be more consistent at building leads and keeping them off the field with running the ball. And that's what they were bad at last year. They couldn't consistently run the ball, and they didn't always have a go-to player. And Trubisky just misses reads, like misses wide open dudes. It's like just sitting in the end zone chilling. He'll just Are you miss referring to Trey Burton <laughs> a couple times. I had him on my fantasy team and I was very upset. So, mm-hmm. but other than that, I think even if they're the same team they were last year, I don't think any of the teams got better in the division to beat them. Now, Minnesota Vikings, of course, with their defense, they have a legit defense. I don't think it's on the level of the Bears or what they were two years ago, but they're they're good. Then you have Diggs and Thielen. If Dalvin Cook can be what everyone thinks Dalvin Cook can be consistently, then that team could be dangerous too. But I think we're talking about um, the Bears winning like 12 games, the Vikings winning 10. After that, I'm with you, man. I don't have any faith in Detroit. Even if carry-on's good, I just think they're putting too much focus on trying to be the next Patriots. Patriots, and, and I, I think I think that's going to get Matt Patricia fired. Yes, very soon at the end of this year. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> think it's going to work. I don't think they win more than five games. I don't think they have a ton of talent. They have Galladay. They have Carryon Johnson, who's injury prone, was injury prone in college. Matt Stafford, an under a career underachiever, who always seems to make thirty million a year. I know he's just licking his chops in these contracts out there because he's coming up for another one. I think in a year or two, ridiculous. Um, and then the the like you said with the Packers, man. They just don't have talent. I mean, Aaron Jones is the best player on there from a fantasy perspective, and it's going to be really cheap. If you got a pick in the last round or two, go ahead and gamble on Dexter Williams because who knows? You know what I'm saying? Who knows right. is going to play on that team? There's no talent. Even that second receiver spot, you got um, uh, what's his name? Gantling? Vantling? Uh, Valdez Scantling, yeah. Yeah, Valdez Scantling. You got Jake Geronimo Kumaro. Allison, Jake Kumaro. You, you got a bunch of maybes that's not even good maybes you know what i mean so you're depending on aaron Rodgers to do everything with a bad line you're hoping this new coaching staff will be better for him for him i just don't see them winning over eight games and that's max they're probably six or seven so i think bears will run away with the division and what about from a fantasy perspective um i still think that Devonte adams is the best receiver in this division um you can listen everybody loves Kenny Galladay for some reason I don't see I don't see it the production hasn't said that he's you know they call him baby Megatron I don't see it I I, I mean he may turn out to be a good receiver but I don't see this, this I, be- I, I, I believe the, in him at, at his price point though in fantasy I think it's insane was it like, going the, like he, third round that's too high for a cat that's never done anything. Nah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, at some point, receivers got to break out. And he had some season. He he had consistency last season. Um, he was consistently where you. I, I like Kenny Galladay. Love. I think he had a really good season. He was I'm definitely not third round value. He's, I'm not saying he's a bad receiver, but I think he's a wide receiver too. And I don't three. know, man. This year, I mean, you expect for a third year breakout. I think that's what everyone is banking on is a third year breakout because he was really good last year. And this is his third or fourth. I think it's his third year. So they're really expecting for him to take the next step. This team is no longer Marvin Williams' team. So uh, Marvin Jones' team. So if Carrion Jones, what is it, Carrion Johnson. Johnson, if he can take some pressure 
off of that uh, receiving game and really do what we think he can do, I think Galladay could be a beast, man. He has all the tools. I really like that kid, man. I'm not taking Kenny Galladay that high. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not. Me, me either. Um, I'm just saying, it, I don't think it'll turn out to be a bad pick. You know what I mean? I mean, when you get to the third round, you start looking at the options. And we're not talking about early third. I'm talking about late third round. Uh, I think yeah, Galladay is a I, nice I, option, man. I mean, I think you can have. We'll see. I think that they're. I take him over a Robbie Anderson. Um, I'm not willing to go that far. I I'm will. not. Um, I think Devontae Adams is the number one receiver in this division. I no think question. that the Vikings. Another receiver that I don't get the the love for is Stephon Diggs from a fantasy perspective. I was going to ask you, would you take Diggs or Thielen? I would, if I had to, probably Thielen. Um, I'm just. I, it's I think not even Diggs if I had good. to. I don't think it's close. Like, yeah, I don't the last think three seasons. A, it's just hype. Yeah. Like, like, I've been hearing that Diggs, it's kind of like the Kenny, Kenny Galladay thing for me. It's like, you know, he hasn't done a ton <laughs> over his career to warrant his ADP. Um, so I don't really understand the, the Stefan Diggs hype. Yeah, he's a young receiver. He's 20, but he's been in the league for four or five years. I mean, and I, I think Adam Thielen, while he is older, he's a better receiver. Um, but they went away from him towards the end of last year. But when that dude is going, I mean, this dude is putting up record numbers. He was unstoppable to start the season last year. You know, the only player in history to start the first eight games with 100 yards, and the the next player had done it was five. So, yeah, you know, the, you it, know, the uh, craziest thing is that with Diggs, he he he'll have the numbers at the end of the season. But if you ever really had him on your team, he goes too many games where he's just not productive. I mean, right. where he's not even a you know, wide receiver three. And then he'll make it up by having a huge game. He's similar to what I say about Brandon Cooks, why I don't like him. Now, Brandon Cooks, he has more consistency, but it's on the same level where you'll have a 25-point game and then three games in a row, you have almost nothing. You know what I mean? And I hate receivers like that. I take Thielen's consistent production, um, his catches over digs any day of the week. And that's why I said it's not even close to me. Um, on the Bears... Man, I really like Robinson, like I said before. I think he's going to have a breakout season. I think he's going to be the most consistent receiver. I think he's going to go be in the 12 to 1,300-yard range, and he's going to catch 8 to 10 touchdowns. Who was that? Sorry, I, I uh, think I missed that. Allen Robinson. For, no, oh, Allen, Allen Robinson yeah. for um, the Chicago Bears because I think they're going to have a legit run game. I really like um, Montgomery. Um, they're still going to do the little trick plays with Cohen, but Montgomery's really, really physical. He can take the um, the brunt of just handling the ball, going between the tackles. So I really like what they're going to do there. And I think Robinson's like, just going like, to dominate. I think he and Anthony Miller are very good receivers. So, um, you know, I, I think that – I think there's better options. Than, and that's kind of my point with Kenny Galladay and Stephon Diggs. I think you can find better options around that ADP yeah. as opposed to – you know, banking on a guy who's, I mean, you know, if you can get, if you can get Galladay at a good value point, then that's one thing. I'm not taking him in the third round, well, at least that, not in the you, front half. Cause you could probably get Allen Robinson in the fifth round, truthfully. Exactly. So, and then, you know, with Stefan Diggs, that, that's not, I mean, he's not even a person that, unless it's truly good value, I'm not interested. Yeah, um, Diggs is going to like the second round. There's no in hell I'm paying that. Oh yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. So, you know, um, but I'm I, well, I think we're all thing Packers. Like I said, if in late late in the draft, if you can get a Dexter Williams, I think that'll be a nice gamble towards the end of the season because uh, you got Aaron Jones, but you have the backup. Something's wrong with him. Uh, so Dexter Williams is getting all the snaps right now. He could be already number two running back. 
Yeah. And um, I don't – wasn't Aaron Jones undrafted? Or was he a fifth-round pick? I, I can't remember. I think a late pick. Um, so he doesn't have a ton of draft capital. It's not like they – you know, that he was a top two, three-round pick. So And Dex I, is a big boy. <laughs> Dex is a big right. running back. He can really pound it. So I, I – like I said, some of these guys at their ADP is a little too expensive for my taste. But, um, you know, if there's a breakout candidate in this division, who would you say it was? I mean, I think Devontae Adams had his best year of his career last year. Probably going to be hard to match that, even though he is their only option. Um, I think that maybe David Montgomery is that breakout candidate. Maybe it's Kenny Galladay. Maybe it's Dalvin Cook. There's a, there's a bunch of guys. Maybe it's Anthony Miller. I think there's a lot of good options in this uh, in this division for, for uh, from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like David Montgomery. I think he's going to be a monster. If you can get him wherever you can get him, I'm definitely taking Der, um, David Montgomery. But the second person is Carryon Johnson. I want to see what he does. I mean, because he's not Le'Veon Bell, but the, his style of running always reminded me of Le'Veon in college, and I would love to see what he does without um, without any veteran taking his snaps like last year, uh, without a LeGarrette Blunt there. Just carry on getting the ball being depended on so i want to see what carry on can do not only running the ball but also catching the ball because that dude has the ability he was auburn's whole offense and he was the difference between them beating alabama and beating georgia and them losing to georgia that dude is extremely talented i don't know about that offensive line but those are two kids that i'm taking in that division that i'm looking at as breakout candidates that's david montgomery if he just gets all of the snaps that um, jordan howard got last year i think he can do a lot more with them and carry on johnson being the man in detroit well you heard it here folks is there uh we'll get to the afc south and the nfc south next week as we, as we said we'll go over all these divisions leading up to week one of the preseason um is there anything you want to get to before we get out of here Nah, I just saw a clip of Antonio Brown running. Dude looks fast. He looks speedy with those frostbitten toes. <laughs> Man, that's one of the worst. That's one of the nastiest things I've ever seen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're gonna the, the Raiders game is going to kick off. So I'm gonna go out here and uh, you know watch the first quarter and then be done with it. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, watch and listen to this Eagles Jags game, but it's awful. Yeah. They, now yeah, they are running. They are, they are running NFL Network like a uh, red zone. So. That's a good oh, thing go. to tune into. Um, well, if that that's it, that's all, y'all. We're gonna break, hopefully give you some fancy, uh, some good fancy advice next week. We'll break down the AFC South, NFC South, um, two Jekyll and Hyde divisions, kind of. I think the NFC South is the best division in football, top to bottom. Um, if they threw the same, uh, the Buccaneers out, <laughs> but uh, so we'll get to that next week, and uh, that's it. That's all, y'all. Well, and I'm glad you made it through that, like Gunner Man. What's his name? Gunner Man from New Jack City? Gunner Man? <laughs> Stuttering through the whole thing. <laughs> As I said, I'm a little under the weather, so a little, little cloudy today, but you know, uh, I made it through. I play hurt. All right, so, man. Well, that's it. All that's right. all. Peace. Peace.